The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect those of the owner, staff, or management of this radio station. Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program focused for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach who has a passion for helping women who need a second wind. It's so empowering for women to hear about other women and their accomplishments. If you're going through any of life's transitions, this program is for you. Joyce is president and founder of Joy After Divorce, a one-on-one coaching practice that helps women rebuild and redesign their lives after divorce. As a certified coach, she's had extensive training, including mentoring and training by Jack Canfield of the Chicken Soup book series. Joyce is also a member of Leadership Texas. On today's program, Joyce and her guests will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now here's our host and coach, Joyce Buford. Good morning. It's so great to have you here with us today. And we are going to talk about a very interesting subject. I, You know, I like to, in this hour that I'm with you, talk about our second wind that women so many times need to re- in their recreation of who they are. We pass through so many different phases in our lives, and it seems like everyone sometimes needs a little more boost. We need a little more energy to get up and go through the next phase. But we are basically the caretakers of the world, and so we many times forget to take care of ourselves. But today, this program is all focused at a very interesting career. I wonder, now I flew starting back maybe mm, 40, 50 years ago for the very first time. And I can remember going out to the little bitty airport that we were going to, which was, actually it was a small airport, but it was in a big city. And we were all dressed to the hilts, and and we were going just for a very short flight, but it was a big deal. Now, flying has become an everyday deal, and we have people that fly almost, well, they certainly fly weekly, if not multiple times in a week, to jobs in other locations. But it's rarely that you hear a female voice say, Hello, this is your captain welcoming to our flight. So, I want to talk about an industry that has been primarily dominated by men and is still dominated by men, and that is the pilot industry in the airlines. There Angela Mason is where I've gotten a lot of my information from, where she discusses in a CNN program that aired in 2011 that 5%, only 5% of 53,000 members are in the Airline Pilots Association are women. Now, when I did my math, that probably equates to about 2,500. And because this was a 2011 report, we're going to kind of up that number just for, um, just because we prefer to think that there's been some progress made. 
Now, there's plenty of women in the industry. Don't think I'm not saying they're not. There's agent, gate agents, and flight attendants. But somehow, women in the cockpit has not grown as women in other areas of the flight world. It is amazing that Angela completed, and she's one of the very few, 31 years in the industry flying and retired as a captain. In the whole world, there's only 450 women that are airline captains. That's amazing when you think that aeronautical the aeronautical industry plays such an important part in our daily lives. But they all confess, Angela and others that I have read that have been captains, that flying has to be something you really, really want because there are some obstacles you have to get over in being in that seat. One of them is the gender. There is some male dominance and some male bias in that industry that has prevented women from wanting to join the industry and become part of the cockpit. Then there's also just the expense of getting to be a pilot. I will quote Captain Karen Kahn, who has been a pilot for 35 years, celebrated her 35th year as a commercial airline pilot. And in speaking now after her retirement, she really talks about seven areas that affect this position. One of them is the upbringing. Certainly girls are socially pushed toward a more girl-friendly career. In other words, being in a male-dominated career sometimes presents its own problem. I do think that's changing, but it's probably still present. The influence and encouragement that we get from parents many times is more toward a non-traditional more toward a traditional career, one that would fit into the family scene if you were going to get married and raise children. Third, there's certainly the technical skills that's needed to be a pilot. You must enjoy in just knowing how to make something work. And so the highly technical skilled and training needing to survive in the aviation world is always a challenge. But we have women as doctors, so that's pretty technical. But still, they address that as one of the reasons for preventing people from going, women from going into this industry. You have to have a passion for flying. I don't think that's difficult. I love to fly. But I do know it would present difficulties if you were flying every week for long distances, sometimes not knowing a nine-to-five job and certainly raising a family. Survival skills would be those that would be required for you as a woman to pursue a non-traditional career in a primarily male-dominated industry.
mentorship. Our guest today, when visiting, spoke about her mentorship and how it was a big influence in keeping her on her path to becoming a pilot. And the seventh one is the funding. It seems to be an extremely expensive career due to the necessary training and continuous training that must occur while you are flying. Many people, when they go into the flying industry just to combat this expense, start from our services. They go in through one of our services to get their training. So we are definitely talking about the airline industry and the lack of women in that industry. They have a strong, they do have a history. And with the one that we most often think about, of course, is Amelia Earhart, who has her own museum in the town where she was raised. And that is in... Atchison, Kansas, which we'll be visiting with our guest about as well. There is an International Women's Air and Space Museum in Burkeland Lakefront Airport in Cleveland, Ohio. So there are lots of enthusiasts out there that love flying because they created an organization with 99 chartered members. And the first president was Amelia Earhart. The name of the organization is 99s. So there is a history of women in aviation, but not so much as pilots. Our guest today is a pilot. Her name is Stephanie Roberts. Stephanie Randall Roberts, and she is fascinating because she is still an instructor in the Tyler area. Her credentials are extensive from being a teacher with autism to deciding to go into the flying industry and how she was mentored in her love of flying. And then how she has excelled in this career locally. The decision she faced as to where her career would be going. Then, of course, the honors that she's achieved. She's achieved several. The list was quite extensive, as well as being a local supporter and active community leader. She was inducted in 2011 into the International Forest of Friendship, which she will tell us about. It is in, and it may be part of the 99 Club, and Stephanie will share that with us, but it's also in Atchison, Kansas. So I'm excited to know what this interesting lady that lives in our community is going to share with us today. Stephanie, are you out there? I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) What did you think about that history there? Well, I tell you, the the history of aviation, of course, is fascinating to me. And Uh uh, the role that women have played in it 
when we go back and look, we find that even back in the earliest days when pilots were ascending into the air with balloons, we had women out there wanting to fly those balloons. (laughs) I love it. Women have been a part of aviation from the beginning in some way or another. We're going to be back shortly, and we're going to get into this story because I am so excited to share it with our listeners today. We'll be back shortly. You are listening to Second Wind with Joyce Buford. We return with more of Second Wind with Joyce Buford after this short break. Schooling? Half questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Friday afternoons at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. Listen, something is brewing. The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better, forever. This is real business at its very best. On Beautiful Business Radio, you will learn what it means to truly prosper, how to nourish yourself and your business, how to earn what you deserve and make a difference in the world. The tide is rising. The change is here. Discover a new way to live, love, and partner with yourself and your business on Philippa Rollins Presents Beautiful Business Radio, where you matter and your business thrives every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program focused for and about women. This is a show about how to attain your dreams. Now to help you create the life you want to live to its fullest, here is coach and author of Celebrating 365 Days of Gratitude, Joyce Buford. Welcome, welcome. We are talking today with Stephanie Roberts, who is an interesting woman, and her path has taken her so many different directions. We're talking about pilots, but even before Steph was a pilot, she was a teacher and was and began, got her education in Texas Tech University. Now, Stephanie, you originally started out as a teacher and... That was because we loved talking yesterday about how we of our generation were taught to pick a career that would be able to work with the family life. So I know you have a passion for teaching, but tell us about that. Hello, Stephanie? 
Yes, Joy. All right, okay, Joy. we're back. Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, now we're going on. Did you, Tell us about your interest in teaching and how you got started well, in teaching, because you taught for several I, years, did you? I did. I taught for several years. I received my degree from Texas Tech, and actually it was a degree in special education with a specialization in infantile autism. Mm. And, um, you know, I was typical of lots of college students. I actually didn't want to go to college. <laughs> oh. My parents were <laughs> horrified uh-huh. and, uh, you know, said, try it for a year, and if you don't yes. like it, you can can leave. So I did start well, out What were you going to do, Stephanie? What, were you, what did you want to do? Well, at idea? the time, I had had five years of Spanish coming out of high school. Yes. And I, I wanted to go to New York City, mm-hmm. live at the YWCA, and I thought that I could just walk into the United Nations and get a job as a translator. Oh, I love that. I well, it sounded, it, it, it sounded great to me. Years later, <laughs> when I visited the UN for the first time, I saw all these cute little girls and little navy blue double-knit uniforms yes. leading tours, and I thought, yes, that's the job I would have gotten, not a job on the floor <laughs> as a translator. No, you kind of need a college degree for that. <laughs> right, so... So, you know, it's probably a good thing I went on to college instead yeah. of seeking my fortune in the big city. Yeah. So but, the teaching. Um, yes. Um, you know, I had wonderful parents. They gave me great self-confidence. They told me I was bright, I was talented, as all parents think their children are, and mm-hmm. told me that I could do anything, be anything I wanted to be. But on the other side, there was that more serious, side, which they said, now you want to get a degree and learn a skill so you have something to fall back on Yes, if you ever have to work. Yes. Because, of course, in the era that we came up in, yes, women, if they were fortunate enough to go to school, they went to school, they married, they raised a family. Yes. And, and the hope was they were able to stay in the home and take care of their family and not have to work. So what you wanted was that degree that you could use to support yourself if disaster befell you, yes. but you could still spend time with your family. So that was the, the path that I took. Mm. And, I wonder how um, many teaching degrees there are out there that are used or never used. A lot, uh, wouldn't you think? Millions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you did enjoy teaching. I did. I loved it. Um, I was frustrated by the system. Um, when I was teaching, teachers really were considered to really not have a whole lot more sense, or at least the school I was in, than the first graders. Yeah. So um, that was very frustrating to me. Mm-hmm. And as a result, after a few years, I left the system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I did find myself later in aviation and in teaching in aviation. So mm-hmm. it all worked out. So there was an interest in teaching and helping others definitely there oh, in yes, your history. Yes. And I love yeah. that part of it. Yeah. So I was fascinated about how you were exposed to the aviation world through an uncle? Yes. Is that correct? As a child, 
I had uh, a fascinating uncle. He was kind of a modern-day explorer. He loved rocks and rock hounding. He prospected for uranium. He went to New Zealand looking for opals, and he flew. He had his Mm -hmm. own airplane, and Mm -hmm. he flew lots of those places. And, of course, he took all of the kids in the family for rides, and my parents let me go flying with him. And so that yeah. was my my first introduction was flying with my Uncle Joe in his little airplane. Oh. And it was quite a all, thrill. You know, we all need those uncles, aunts or uncles that are out-of-the-box thinkers that expose yeah. us to the, the um, as we might say, adventure side of life. Um, I think that does a lot to keep us open to new. And I certainly think you expose that in your career and all the different careers that you've had in your life. So you you started out with Uncle Joe flying. <laughs> and to me, I had an Aunt Pauline that was sort of that way. And so mm-hmm. she traveled the world through. Her husband was with the service, and so they lived all over Pakistan and all those countries over in in, uh, the Arab world. And um, so it was always fascinating when Aunt Pauline would come back because she'd come back with these most unusual, beautiful gifts that we never saw in the local stores here. So tell us us about how you decided to go into flying. I mean, you've been exposed to it with Uncle Joe, but making that decision is another step. Well, yes, after I gave up teaching, we actually um, had planned a trip to Natchez, Mississippi with some friends. Uh-huh. And um, it, um, it was, you know, a long way to Natchez, and we only had a few days to spend there. And I understood that he was a pilot, and I said, gosh, can't you fly us? Well, <laughs> as I learned later, any pilot loves it when someone says, take me flying. Oh, so, we hopped in their plane and uh-huh. um, headed to Natchez. Um, and the interesting thing was, we got a little off course. Uh-huh. And I Would was sitting in front with him. In a, well, <laughs> well, yeah, <I'm>, <laughs> we got lost. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but um, you know, the marvels of modern science. He's talking to uh, air traffic control, and they know right where we are. And they merely, I know now, just gave him a heading and put him back on course, and and off we went. Mm -hmm. So we made it to Mississippi, had a great weekend, and on the way home I thought, I can do this. My -hmm. family's in New Mexico. My husband is in South Texas. We're hours and hours by car from them. I can do this. Mm -hmm. I can go get my license and learn to fly, and we can just zip off to see the family whenever we need to. Right. So yeah. I took myself out to the airport looking for an instructor. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty nervy, Steph. That was a few years ago. And how was your well, reception? It, <laughs> well, you know, I was fortunate. I had a good friend that I had actually met through some civic involvement that I had had. Uh, it was Tom Jordan, who at the mm-hmm. time was with the Chamber of Commerce, and I knew that Tom flew. Mm-hmm. And I visited with him, and he said, I know the perfect instructor for you. Let me introduce you. And at that point, he introduced me to Hap Plummer. Mm-hmm. And Hap was retired from the Air Force. 
he had actually been a fighter pilot in the war, was shot down a couple of times, and came out of the Army Air Corps, you know, and at the end of the war, it changed to the Air Force, and had recently retired from the Air Force back to Tyler with um, his family, and he mm-hmm. was instructing here in Tyler. So we got to know each other, and after about our fourth or fifth flight, he approached me and told me a little bit of his background. Mm-hmm. And after the war, the um, Air Force decided they needed to develop their own flight instructor training program because they didn't have one going into the yeah. war. They actually contracted with civilian instructors for all oh. their pilot training. Mm-hmm. And so the Air Force put together a team of men to develop a training program. And he said, you know, in typical government fashion, they threw lots of money at it, mm-hmm. which he said was great because he said we were able to talk to all of the leading experts in training, in education, in the psychology of how people learn. And as a result, this team developed a training manual that is the basis for all of the flight training that's given today in the United States. Ah, so they still use that same training manual because that was yeah, probably, and, yeah. Well, it was developed in the 50s. Okay. And the the manual, you know, it's been revised, but the basic concepts have not changed. Right. Yes. Okay. And his um, approach to me was, he said, having had that experience, I've always wanted to work with someone who came out of an educational background, who already was a teacher and had had that basic training. And he said, I'm interested to see if, as an educator, you would approach training differently than someone that just comes in and learns to fly and then gets a teaching certificate. Yeah. So our agreement was, he would take me through all of the ratings required for me to get all of my license and certificates. If I would, in return, promise, once I had those certificates, to teach for at least two years. Because he wanted to see if I approached it differently, if right. my students turned out differently. So yeah. we struck a bargain, and 30-some years later, I'm still teaching. Wow. That is just, that's called being in the right place at the right time, isn't it? That is exactly it. (laughs) Yeah, that is an awesome opportunity. Exactly it. So um, my training program was a little different than some people, than most, because of that. At that point, he changed the focus of it. And I had a lot more experience in a lot more planes and different varieties of flying before I ever had my private license because he was trying to expose me to as much as as he could. We return with more of Second Wind with Joyce Buford after this short break. Evermore, people have the means to live, but no meaning to live for. 
These are the words of Dr. Victor Frankel. The inspiration for the movie, Victor and I. That's V-I-K-T-O-R and I, movie.com. And TalkSense Radio, The Meaning Connection. With host Mary Similuka and frequent contributor Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. More and more people today are discarding their quest for money, possessions, and things, and are instead beginning a serious quest to find meaning in life. Until now, these discussions were historically in the hands of priests, ministers, and scribes, then to philosophers, psychiatrists, and psychologists. Now, these deep discussions are where they should be, in the hands of individuals, on the air, with you. Talk Sense Radio, The Meaning Connection, with your host, Mary Similuka, and frequent contributor, Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program focused for and about women. This is a show about how to attain your dreams. Now to help you create the life you want to live to its fullest, here is coach and author of Celebrating 365 Days of Gratitude, Joyce Buford. Welcome back. You are listening to Second Wind with Joyce, and we are talking to Steph Roberts today about her position as a pilot and instructor that she has held for several years in Tyler. When did you get your instructors or your, I guess it would be your pilot uh, Um, certificate? Right. I got my pilot's license in about 1979, so um, several years ago. And then it took a few years to get all of the other writing. Right. So did... Being a mentored by, uh, I forget the man's name, but was that helpful in deferring some of those expenses? Because we hear about the expenses of training with uh, the pilot area in learning to fly. Right. Well, that, of course, you know, the exposure that he was able to give me because of going a different route. Yeah. And... um, he was able to control his instructor expenses, which he passed on to me, which was wonderful. Yeah. Um, in flight training, you normally have three areas of expense. You have your instructor expense, your mm-hmm. airplane expense, mm-hmm. and then your your books and supplies. So he really helped negate some of those uh, instructor training expenses. And right. that did help. Um, yeah. Well, there's in some of this. 
in some of this research that I was doing, I, there was a referral to one woman who was a beauty operator and she loved to fly so much that that's how she got her money for flying was through her uh, beautician work. So, I mean, it was, you know, if you've got the bug to fly and you want to fly your own plane, you'll find a way usually to get those funds. But they do oh, know, yeah. you, they need to know going in that it is an, it is an, a costly habit or experience, I guess you might say. It, habit, would you is, call it, it a habit? Uh, for some of us, it is a habit, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> in, in more professional terms, we use vocation and avocation. But yes, yes. <laughs> for, for most pilots, whether they fly professionally or for fun, it's a habit. Um, but, you know, I do tell people the, the cost has, has gone up tremendously. And you hate for that to be a barrier to people. But like you say... Most people find a way if they are really interested. And, of course, you know, you can space it out, your mm-hmm. training. Um, but, of course, mm-hmm. the difference is when I was learning to fly, um, some of the aircraft companies that produce trainer airplanes advertised get your license for 1995. Oh, my and goodness. And that, they don't. That, now, that, that's $1,999. Yeah. yeah. Not, not $20. Good, quick. Yeah, uh, good clarification there. <laughs> but. Um, they don't even run ads like that. The last time I saw an ad like that, it was up to about thirty nine ninety five, and I can tell you, minimally today to get a private license, you're looking at about seven thousand dollars. So that's just your license. That's not the expense of your airplane expenses and materials. Is it correct? Well, for your private license, that encompasses it all. That that's oh, it about does. you. You're going to spend minimally seven thousand dollars to get yeah. a pilot, private pilot license. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a slow learner, or if you have lots of bad weather, which affects mm-hmm. how often you can fly, then part of learning to fly is developing the skill. And it's like learning to play tennis or golf. The more you practice, the better you are. And if you have a run of bad weather where you can't fly, the skills deteriorate. Yeah. So then you're repeating things. So, um, but you can plan on around $7,000 for that first rating. So in the so, end, you're looking at the price of an advanced degree. Right. And is to it, get all your ratings. Is there, I know there's a norm, but is there sort of a norm for the amount of time that it would take if you were a consistent student, not one that spaced it out. Is there a, a normal time that one could complete that degree? The average student mm-hmm. takes 72 hours to complete the initial certificate. And in today's world, you're looking at, not counting books, 150 to $170 an hour. Oh, okay. So, yeah. um, so, so that that's kind of where you come up with that seven thousand dollar figure. Right. Um, the legally, you have to have forty hours to get your license, and oh. yeah, like I say, the average person takes about seventy. Um, the the people that do it in forty hours have either grown up in planes, have a lot of experience, or mm-hmm. 
they fly every single day and study a lot at home. Right. Now, the interesting thing that's making a difference these days is that kids that are coming up are growing up on computers, and they're playing these computer games, and there are great simulation programs. So you Ah. occasionally get a student who has grown up playing airplanes on Mm -hmm. their computers, and they are light years ahead in some areas. Oh, that's they, so interesting. They don't have the physical skills yet, but they understand the the simulators are so real. Uh-huh. They understand the uh, electronic configuration. They understand all of the dials that you have to read, mm-hmm. the instrumentation. So they are a little bit ahead. So some and, of the time is spent in simulators before you get up into the actual cockpit itself? Uh, it depends on where you take your training. Some flight schools use simulators. Some use these new compo- um, interactive computer programs. And some mm-hmm. strictly still use the airplane. So yeah. that can affect your cost also. And that is governed more by where you live and what's available. Right. Uh, we don't yeah. have a lot of simulators available in East Texas right now. Laterno mm-hmm. University has some very good simulators. Uh, over in Longview. But, but uh, do they uh, teach most, that through the school? Aviation they, through the they school? They teach through the school. They do teach oh. through the school, and theirs is a degree program. And and they are basically training professional pilots. That is, yeah. That's the way they are oriented, is towards a professional pilot. And I have always worked through flight schools that were oriented more towards um, general aviation, which is the non-professional pilot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's not right. to say that we haven't had lots of students come through that have gone on to be professional pilots. Mm-hmm. But because of the cost today and the changing in regulations, most people that are going to be airline pilots are going to go through an aviation school and get a degree and go on from there rather than what was the traditional way when I learned to fly, which was just mm-hmm. go to the airport and fly an instructor. Right. Yeah. So, so well, all of that is, is evolving, and a lot of it is due to technology. Yeah. Things have just changed so much in that field that there are new and better ways to do it. Right. And those of us that have been around a while are struggling to keep up with technology. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I've also read that a lot of professional pilots come through the service. As See, that is the, you know, are they the primary the, feeder of commercial pilots? You know, up until a few years ago, they were. Now, um, in the late nineties, we were running out of military pilots. We we had lots of pilots at the end of the Vietnam War. Yes. All of uh-huh. those pilots that flew in the 60s and 70s came out of the military, and they were the ones feeding the airline. And then as mm. they started hitting their 60s, up until this recent resurgence in young people going into the military, which we've yeah. seen in the last 15 years, Yes, there there were not a lot of pilots coming out of the military because the military was not producing the number and people weren't going into the military. 
Mm. Yeah. So, um, but, but I expect to see, now right now we're entering a phase where we are going to be running out of, of pilots, so to speak. Really? The, the, well, the military pilots are still in the military. And yes. Things are changing, benefits are changing, and so they're choosing to stay in the military longer rather oh, okay. than come out. But we can see that give maybe five years and the trend is going to change again. And once again, the military is going to be feeding the, um, the commercial aviation more. Mm-hmm. But we still have lots of young people that come out of high school that choose a university to get a degree in aviation. Right. Which is what I yeah. always recommend to young people because the one big bugaboo out there with being a pilot is that flight physical. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. lose your ability to fly in the blink of an eye. And then if you have no other training, you're sitting there without any means of support because um, the the medical requirements are pretty stringent. And, you know, a heart attack, a mm-hmm. severe vision loss, a severe hearing loss, and you've mm-hmm. lost your medical. So right. with a degree in aviation, if you want to stay in aviation, you have some other options to go to, be it uh, maintenance, right. aircraft management, air traffic control. There are some other avenues that you can go into. Right. Yeah. Well, Stephanie, I want to come back and talk a little bit more about the opportunities for women in flying or if they just need to get a boost about life and if that's a possibility. So we're going to go for a break and we will be back shortly to hear Steph with more of her interesting information about flying. It's a fascinating career, and she has lived it in Tyler, Texas. So, Stephanie, we will be back shortly, and uh, I want to hear more. All right. I'm waiting. We return with more of Second Wind with Joyce Buford after this short break. Are you ready to start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woo-hoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of WooHoo Inc. and the WooHoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boo-hoo and turn it into woo-hoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do. In love, life, and business, she is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Evermore. 
People have the means to live, but no meaning to live for. These are the words of Dr. Viktor Frankl. The inspiration for the movie, Victor and I. That's V-I-K-T-O-R and I, movie.com. And TalkSense Radio, The Meaning Connection. With host Mary Similuka and frequent contributor Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. More and more people today are discarding their quest for money, possessions, and things, and are instead beginning a serious quest to find meaning in life. Until now, these discussions were historically in the hands of priests, ministers, and scribes, then to philosophers, psychiatrists, and psychologists. Now, these deep discussions are where they should be, in the hands of individuals, on the air, with you. Talk Sense Radio, The Meaning Connection, with your host, Mary Similuka, and frequent contributor, Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program focused for and about women. This is a show about how to attain your dreams. Now to help you create the life you want to live to its fullest, here is coach and author of Celebrating 365 Days Gratitude, Joyce Buford. Welcome back. It's been an interesting morning with Stephanie Roberts this this morning. We've been talking about the aeronautical world, uh, being a pilot. She is an instructor, an active instructor in Tyler, Texas. And this has been her passion, you might say, since 1979, if not a little bit earlier than that. One of the things I've always admired about Stephanie and our community is that she was always involved. Her long list of achievements in volunteerism is uh, very impressive. But she also has gathered about her some awards and honors. She was, in 2000, Women of Tyler Day, an av- considered an av- aviation pioneer, And then she has a lifetime membership to the UT um, Patriots Life Membership of the University of Texas. And the last one that I want to mention today, there are many here, but is one that happened to her in 2011 when she was inducted into the International Forest of Friendship. And Stephanie, I'm going to ask you to explain to us what that award is about. Well, the Forest of Friendship is actually a park in Atchison, Kansas. And in 1976, which was the 200th birthday of the United States, the city of Tyler, or the city of Tyler, the city of Atchison presented the United States as a gift the Forest of Friendship, and this particular park covers several acres there outside of Atchison, beautifully landscaped, and it has this wonderful pathway that winds through trees, and the trees are actually, there are 50 trees, one from each state, so it's the state tree, for example, the pecan tree from Texas, the pinyon tree from New Mexico, and um, then there are I think about 35 other trees from around the world honoring various countries. This was an outgrowth of a project of President Eisenhower, who, of course, felt like the key to world peace, uh, as you might say, was 
communication between people. And, of course, you know, he was very involved in the Sisters of City programs and that sort of thing. But he just felt like the more we communicated with each other, the better we were. And because Atchison is also the home of Amelia Earhart, the birthplace of Amelia Earhart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, and and um, with General Eisenhower being from the Midwest, this was a perfect location. So each of these trees represents a state, and beneath these trees you will find plaques honoring people that have made contributions to aviation, and their plaque is under their state. Is it aviation in total, or is it women in aviation? It's it's there. There tend to be more women there, um, Mm -hmm. possibly because one of the big supporters of the uh, of Atchison and the birthplace uh, is the organization of the Ninety Nines, and they do do a lot of nominating of people for this. um, Right. Yeah. But there are Mm -hmm. lots of people there that are not female. Of course, the Wright brothers are there. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, There's a wonderful tree called the moon tree, and it was it was grown from a seed that was taken to the moon on Apollo 14. Ah. Um, so, and, you know, they were running some of the scientific experiments, and they brought the seed back, and it grew into this beautiful tree. Um, there is also um, the astronaut that lost their life on the Columbia shuttle yes. um, are honored there. Mm-hmm. So you you walk through this and you see a history of aviation. You, there are lots mm-hmm. of astronauts there. There are people um, from all walks of aviation that have mm-hmm. been involved in aviation in various ways. Community activists for local airports. Mm-hmm. Um, women that were the first in that you know some of our first female um, airline pilots are honored there. Yeah. So it's yeah. truly a walk through the history of aviation, and it's a beautiful, beautiful park. Yeah. So, so you were you know, actually your name was they actually do are names submitted for induction uh, they, into this? They are submitted to a panel, and. Ah. Um, they then they select the people that are honored, and there's a ceremony every year, which is great fun. It's very patriotic. It's out in the park, John mm-hmm. Philip Sousa music, and the children of the community participate. They have a parade of flags, mm-hmm. and the children, and then if they don't have enough children show up to carry all the flags, they pull flag bearers from the audience, which is what happened the year I was presented. And my sister and husband both carried a flag. (laughs) (laughs) How fun. And what an honor that must be to receive that award. It's really... Well, well, you know, it is. To feel like you're there, I actually have my picture made next to a statue of Amelia Earhart. And Uh you look around, uh, one of the people that was inducted when I was, was a woman that was honored and by the state of New Jersey for the advancement she'd made in science and technology education yes. using aviation. Right. Yeah. So, it's, right. you know, it's quite an honor to be there. It's very humbling. Yeah. And do they propose, about how many do they propose every year? 
You know, you know they they anywhere from I think ten to thirty are proposed, yeah. and we yeah. actually had about sixteen that were inducted uh, in two thousand and eleven. Oh, that's and one actually was another lady from Longview. Oh, really? That has done. She's done a lot of work. Uh, in fact, you'd probably love to have her on your show. She's done <laughs> a lot of work in exploring uh, for Amelia Earhart, where the wreckage of her plane is. Oh, she's been very involved in some of those exploration yeah. expeditions. Yeah. yeah. Well, it sounds like you have uh, not lacked for. Uh, uh, we might say being bored in your life. You have certainly achieved a lot, <laughs> and but it didn't stop. Although you are still an instructor, you are continuing on in other areas. You are the owner of Flights of Fancy, which is the name I of am. your company, which uh, and you're developing aviation jewelry, a resource for aviation aviation jewelry, but then you started another career in 2002 to add to your list. And what was that? Well, I obtained my real estate license. The At that time, the aviation industry was in a real slump as a result of 9-11. Yeah. And I was a little bored then. I wasn't doing a lot of flying. Mm-hmm. And I like, I think... Lots of women looked at real estate as a career where you could control your time. You got to look at lots of fun houses mm-hmm. and meet people. And I thought, what a great thing. And I will say it was it was very good for me, and it was quite an eye-opener. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to be able to do more than unlock a door and say, this is the kitchen. Yes. Um, it, it was great training uh, mm-hmm. mathematically and in the field of finance. It's mm-hmm. If if you've ever bought or sold of a house, you I think gain an appreciation for what a real estate professional does for you. Yes. So okay. it was great for me, and there's no greater joy than helping a young couple find the perfect first house. Right. So I have yeah. loved doing That's that. That's exciting. Even though that I'd would still be rather exciting. be at the airport. <laughs> yeah, you can fly over their house. Do you ever? Well, I've and I heard have of done people. some of that. Yeah. Uh, I've heard of people selecting property that way. We have done some of that. Uh Right. Well, would you like to give your number so that people could call you if they have questions or an email or any information like that? Well, that would be great. If if you're interested in flying, um, you can call me. It's 903. Five three zero zero four three seven. If you want to learn more about women in aviation, the ninety nines international, just Google them or women mm-hmm. in aviation. Those are both aviation organizations for women. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're interested in aviation gifts or jewelry, this is this is my new goal is to get a website up. So hopefully soon I will have a website at flightsofancy.biz and we'll be up and running. Is there a way there on your site that they can send you a message, or should they call you if they have a need for that? Um, my phone is a great way, or I'm on Facebook. Um, Good. You know, friend me on Facebook. It's yeah. Stephanie Randolph Roberts on Facebook. Very good. Well, you know, it has been 
an extreme pleasure having you on today because you are unique, my dear. A pilot that has had the history that you have is just pretty exciting, I think. And it gives us as women opportunity to know there's so much out there that we can do and we can achieve. Sometimes our upbringing kind of pockets us into a career that limits us and says, you can't do that. But there is actually no career out there that a woman cannot hold. Or if there is, it's very few. Sometimes age limits us, but all we have to do is rethink how we can use the love of what we really enjoy doing and build it into a career. So, Stephanie, I thank you today for your time. It has been so much fun talking with you. Well, I've loved visiting with you, and anytime anyone has a question about aviation or real estate, just give me a call. All right. Well, we appreciate it, and we will be leaving shortly for this pro from this program. But I want you women out there to remember there's lots of opportunities. So it's just a matter of sitting down, deciding what you want to be, and moving forward. You can always get me on Joyce Buford, Second Wind with Joyce at gmail.com, and I look forward to talking with you next week. Thank you for listening, and thank you, Stephanie, for being here with us. Till next week. Thank you for joining us on today's edition of Second Wind. Join us again next week at the same time as Joyce and her guests share strategies of growth and renewal. You'll learn how to attain goals and dreams and create the life you want to live to its fullest. Second win.